Welcome to Eurobliss once more, e by gum. Now, due to popular demand, and I mean popular demand, we've had, what does that say? 28,395 requests for the recovery, quote, repeat, of a lost <laughs> programme. And how did we lose it, by the way? I keep forgetting how that was lost. Some dizzy person in the studio seemed to have pressed the delete button on a previous edition oh. of Eurybliss Desert Island Discs. Yes, yes, let's listen to the natives complain about the unpaid migrant working themselves to death <laughs> and making a mistake. <laughs> oh, let me just quickly hit you. <laughs> so we're back here in the studio to do a retake in it. Yes, the boys are back in town. I'm here as ever, as you can hear already with me, Mark, and me, Juan, and it's Desert Island this time again. And it's been a long time since someone who'd marooned my lads onto a lost desert island, so I thought it would be a nice experiment to do it again. So it's going to get very messy. Are your bags packed, boys? Oh, yeah. Raring to go. You've both done Desert Island Dish shows before. Juan was September 2017 and Mark was September 2015. So it's been quite a while since then and a lot of songs have joined Eurovision's family. So uh, let's uh, unite these two phenomenal Eurovision forces of nature and make a couple of playlists to update their favourites. Now... As you're concerned, dear listeners, you're about to embark on a wonderful journey through space and time as we plunge our murky fists into Eurovision's murky vault and pull out a divine selection of 24 songs, 12 in each of two podcasts. You've heard podcast two already, so we're doing this the wrong way around. Was that the one that wasn't lost? That was the one that Juan accidentally did not lose. Correct, yes. Um... Well, you're going to hear 12 songs today. 11 of them are classics, and one of them is a little bit unclassic, <gasps> and someone's going to get punished uh, for that. But before we kick off, can you remember what songs you had on your first Desert Island disc, or should I remind you? Uh, I'll remind you. Look at that face. <laughs> Juan. The Corny Group for Yugoslavia, 1974. Oh, yeah. Joy Fleming for Germany, 1975. Mm-hmm. Chef's Kiss. Samira Ben Said for Morocco, 1980. Stand by that. Remedio Samaya for Spain, 1983. Love it. Alicia and Franco Battiato for Italy, 1984. Incredible. Amina for France, 1991. Yes. Sofo for Georgia, 2007. Fantastic. So I, I really just, like this list still. <laughs> it's a really great list. I just belched, I do apologise. Mm-hmm. Lacky for Bosnia, 2008. Amazing. Inga and Anoush for Armenia and Regina for Bosnia, 2009. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christina Pelakova for Slovakia, 2010. Dino Merlin for Bosnia, 2011. Chorus Kurd from the Estonian National File in 2013. Aminata for Latvia, 2015. And finally, Salvador Sobral for Portugal, 2017. Do you still agree with those choices or have you fallen out with any of them? I mean, maybe the only questionable one would be the Slovakian one. Like Hore Roni, I really like, I really like the studio cut, but the live wasn't that great. I, I think I chose it because there was a fun story behind it. What was the fun story behind that? That, 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 that uh, me and my then, my ex-boyfriend, <laughs> like, had, had so many drugs that we got, like, obsessed with learning the songs phonetically, and we stayed up all night trying to learn 
the Slovakian song phonetically. You're right. That is a fun story, <laughs> isn't it? That's a very fun story. <laughs> I told it better before. You know, now most people take drugs for other consequences. That's a very bizarre outcome for taking drugs, isn't it? He's a fun guy. Yeah, I know. He's a fun guy. I, I love Eurovision. What can I say? Well, you certainly do. <laughs> uh, Mark, your list was uh, France Gal for Luxembourg, 1965. Frieda Bocker for France, 1969. Zéverine for Monaco, 1971. The New Seekers for the United Kingdom. 1972. Marie Miriam for France, 1977. Jan Teigen for Norway, 1978. <laughs> oh, the shame. Sandra Kim for Belgium, 1980. Oh, oh hello. Slap him now. Ema Quim for Ireland, 1996. Dana International for Israel, 1998. Antique for Greece, 2001. Sandrine Francois for France, 2002. Beth for Spain, 2003. Harry Matahari for Bosnia, 2006. Maria for Serbia. I can't pronounce her name, 2007, and Johanna for Iceland, 2009. Are you in agreement still? No. Um, <laughs> I I would ditch about half of those now. Um, Jan Teigen was there as a fun entry. We all remember the wonderful um, braces and the, and the sunglasses. Um, but... Uh, my Eurovision prowess has mushroomed immensely since joining the Eurobliss team, and therefore songs that ended somewhere between 15th and 20th and got forgotten were way off my radar back in 2015. So I would ditch about half of those, including, sorry, Sandra Kim, uh, and probably even Franz Gall. Oh, it was a very... Upbeat, notable winner for Luxembourg in 65, but actually it's not one of the great winners. So You don't need to apologise for Sandra Kim, but you can check out both those podcasts on our yes, media archives www.mixcloud.com slash Eurobliss and also on the Spotify and the Apple Music alongside the other 95 or so podcasts that we've painstakingly entertained you with. And not lost in the audio files. <laughs> <laughs> now you two have known each other now for a very, very, very long time, so you should be able to predict each other's favourite songs and I think I'm also right to say that you're more familiar now with some of those older shows from Eurovision's black and white days and knowing that you've got quite different tastes in music it's going to be rather entertaining for me to referee as they're going to diss each other's choices <laughs> thoughts on that one? Well mine songs are infinitely superior to, to Juan's <laughs> end of I'm actually in a more generous disposition today, I think, so I might be a bit kinder than usual. You mean like one of mine? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not drinking today, are you? Exactly. Oh, it's going to end up quite brutal. Now, I know what's coming up, so I can happily say that I agree with 11 of these 12 songs, but there is one that I'm very concerned about, which is coming up quite soon, actually. So pour yourselves a pint of Harvest Bristol Cream and join us with some polite, opinionated banter. And we're going to kick the party off with Serbian style with one of Eurovision's greatest party tracks of all time it's 12 years old now and you like dancing to it don't you i love it and it's the lovely androgynous <laughs> milan stankovic well done <laughs> Yes. 
tapping your foot away and it's on your desert island disc because I'm really proud that you can actually remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the song? Ovoya Balkan. And why'd you like it? Because, uh, well, it's entertaining but it's also kind of interesting and challenging. I have a particular weakness for songs that manage to be like upbeat and fun and still like complex and intelligent. Uh, this is a great example of that. It's a charming masterpiece from Goran Bregovic himself. Uh, and I think it's one of his best tracks. The guy, Milan Stankovic, <laughs> performs it superbly. Uh, for an upbeat song, the arrangement is actually really like sparse and elegant. Every element has its place. The entire entry feels quirky, fun and full of charm, but it doesn't let up on musical quality for even a second. So if they played this song at a Eurovision disco, Mr Mark, would you get up and dance? I think I'd tap my feet but keep firmly on my chair. I mean, um, the problem for me with the song, when you look at 2010, which was a very strong year, uh, there are so many other songs that captured my attention. Uh, and um, I don't mind mm. this. Uh, you know, for someone with such abysmal taste as Juan, it's actually quite an impressive entry. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, six on ten, I think, Juan. You know. mm. <laughs> oh, wait till my first choice comes yeah, up exactly. next. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so you glad that you've right. said, talk about my abysmal taste, and then... <laughs> <laughs> OK, let's get it over. Let's get it over. Why do I always me. get it wrong? I don't know. Uh, I've allocated this next one, the number two slot this evening, Eurovision's Eternal Achilles Heel. This is uh, Mark soul representative from the 1980s so given the fact that you had Sandra Kim in your first Desert Island disc and you've now dissed that one you are now saying that this song is your favourite song from the 1980s now as far as Eurovision is concerned the 1980s was quite painful and got more painful as the decade wore on so with this in mind this is from 1989 <sighs> <laughs> Mark, uh, actually, let's play the song first and then you can tell us why you always get it wrong. No more sad songs for me to sing No more heartaches for you to bring me No more being the hurting kind I
I'm surprised. I've had one glass of Prosecco so far, and given the 1,600 songs or so that you have to choose from, that how come this piece of dirt landed on your Desert Island disc? Mm. Je suis l'argent provocateur. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been pondering as to why my taste in this particular case is so abysmal. Uh, and I have to, like a good Catholic, confess that it is not the greatest song ever to grace the Eurovision stage. But it's on your island desk. I no, no, no. I, I hated the winner of that year so much. I just had to put in a song that came second as a protest. I loathe "Rock Me, Baby." I think it is one of the worst ever winners. This guy can sing. He's got a really very, very um, nice hairdo. A nice hairdo. <laughs> um, I mean, do do the juries always make terrible errors? I mean, it did come a very creditable second, and th this is an absolute Marmite song. I mean, there's no one that says it's okay. You're either saying, yeah, I want it on my um, playlist, or it's pass me the loose, sick, loose, sick, uh, loose. sick bucket, yeah. Alice, you know. But um, anyway, I know you hate it, but I don't mind this thing being on. But it's, it's not the greatest. It's got a fade ending, and they're still singing it now that we've now we're talking. It just it slowly <laughs> didn't fade away. on the night. It actually had a, a resolution to the song. It just stopped. Anyway, uh, yes, it did. It fell off Fine. a cliff. Yes. Well, I think it's that's enough wine. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very appropriate that this came on as number two because it is absolute shit. But I absolutely love his singing, though. Uh, he is really hitting those notes with a wonderful timbre and depth in, his, in the tone of his voice. Hooray! Uh, <laughs> there is kind of an emotional, like tasteful emotional red thread in his vocal interpretation. And he is elevating this song. But the song itself is so very predictable, a basic bitch ballad of its Eurovision era. Yeah, yeah. It's like a tedious recipe with stale ingredients of a dish that I don't really <laughs> like. Uh, so it was never going to be for me, this song, but a very good live performance by the singer, credit where credit is due. Grit in the oyster, I would say. Ooh, live I report. I think <clears throat> we need to move on very, very quickly. Now, we're still in the 1980s. <laughs> Most songs in Eurovision, of course, are about love, we have lots of other recurring themes, such as uh, long winding roads, the weather, the time, travelling toys, such as puppets on strings and jacks in their boxes, but in particular, we love the fairground, and Juan loves a good old bouncy ride up and down on a carousel, oh, yeah. don't you? Up and All down, night. up and down, <laughs> up and down. Uh, let's play the song, and then you can tell us why you like the three Turkish daddies of the modern folk trio. <laughs> Let's go. 
see the... Oh, it's wonderful to be toasting live report three minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the thing is, that song came 18th out of 20, 1981, and is still infinitely better than the song that came second for the United Kingdom in 1989. But years are so different, yeah. aren't they? I mean, you know, the quality of years... Um, there's absolutely no comparison between those, those, those two contests, unfortunately. I have to say, I prefer that to Buck's Fizz. Mm-hmm. Juan, why'd you like that one? Ooh. Uh, so for me, Turkey was the strongest Eurovision country of the 80s. I could have picked a number of songs for this list. And in fact, the 1984 Turkish entry is very similar and just as good. You know, but I can't pick them all. Uh, now, the group Modern Folk Trio seem like very old school to me. Their aesthetic and lineup must have been very dated even in 1981. But of course, not in Eurovision. So my point is... In this entry, you get a mix between a very old-school Eurovision composition and arrangement mixed with, like, disco funk that was then a more current genre and infused with, like, Turkish flavor. Uh, And what comes out is a supremely interesting and wide-spanning piece of music, uh, a piece that could only have happened in Eurovision. Uh, This entry reflects how Eurovision spans cultures, decades, genres, and is an absolute Eurovision treasure. I agree. Well, I think this is better than your Serbian choice, it must be said. Um, but that's starting from a very low bar, obviously. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's not be too praiseworthy. I mean, of course, in a great big toss-up between this and live report, we always know which one we'd go for. But um, Yes, you know, we do. Don't we, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, I'm going to have a Pringle. Mmm. Um, I'm toast turkey 1981. Well done. I think given you're a child of the church, it's no surprise this next song's on your desert island disc because, as far as I'm concerned, it's probably the closest Eurovision song that you could get to one that sounds like a hymn. And it's also one of those songs with a completely unpronounceable title. But I'll have a go. Kinek Manjam Elvitkmet. Kinek Moyem Emetjevit. Ooh. Oh, play it. Csak szótlan bánat, kiú, de mi? Nincsen hűség, nincs szerelem, nincs simító kéz nekem. Kinek mondja me vitkeimet, és a megbocsájtást kitökérjem? Kinek mondja me vitkeimet, Istenem?
Pleasantly humming away all the way through that one. So, why'd you like that one? Well, I always get excited when a country has its debut in Eurovision. There's always a great sense of expectation. And quite often, you have all the excitement, and then after a minute, you go, oh. (laughs) (laughs) But in this case, um, oh, what charm, what um, lovely melodic interweaving of that guitar and her voice and modulations of key and you know the great thing about this was if you remember the voting it got, <laughs> I got so excited I was sitting there first three countries to vote 12 12 12 it had 36 points after three rounds of voting and I thought this is going to be like it's a gonna two, walk it, it's yeah. going to be a 250 point um, you know certainty and sadly it only came forth but that's a very very good result for Hungary and um there have been very few songs that they've entered uh, that have bettered this, in my opinion. Um, in fact, I can't think of one, to be honest. Is this their best placement ever? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, running uh, fifth. came fifth in 2014, and it's another very good song of theirs, completely different. But this this was uh, a, a, a fairly minor classic. Not a major classic, but a minor classic. Uh, for me, like it feels like if the Beatles had formed in Hungary in the 90s, they might have composed something a bit like this. Uh, it's definitely of its era, but it has a folk resonance that feels both Western and Eastern, and she sings it beautifully. Uh, I really like this entry, and even though it's not my pick, I would definitely not regret being stranded on a desert island with this song. Uh, it reminds me a bit of Norway's entry from the year before, Alemina Tankjach, and that is not a bad thing. Oh, well, well, it's uh, Juan's up next. One of one of your groovy, groovy, groovy oh, choices. Yeah. I think it's fair to say Eurovision became, let's use the word, gay in the inverted commas, in 1998 when Donna International won. For Israel, since then, tickets have been available to the general public and that black tie evening wear malarkey has become a thing of the past. In a nutshell, the contest has not only become more camp, but it continues to reflect a modern-day society, even in smaller or the newer states, which have been a bit slow on the uptake. So it was with massive joy to see three female impersonators performing for Slovenia in 2002. So uh, we're going to play, and then Juan's going to tell you why he likes this song. In it, babe! In it, babe! Que 
Malayla, Miss Daphne and Miss Emperatrice, a.k.a. Sestre. What's it all about, girl? Well, before Pride, there was Eurovision. Through the years, the contest uh, became a focal point around which homosexuals could congregate. Homosexuals like the one sitting in this room right now. Uh, Is he looking at us? <laughs> You'll be hearing from my lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the contest would not be the same without generations of obsessive gays, present company included, uh, observing and venerating what is essentially now an LGBTQ holiday. In Swedish, there is a, world, there is a word called eldkväll. It translates into someone who has a fire soul, someone who burns for something. The LGBTQ community are the fire souls of Eurovision. And the more we celebrate that and recognize that, the better. Uh, so on that note, we come to this entry. Three drag queens from Slovenia performing what I consider to be a Eurovision anthem. Uh, but apart from the LGBTQ factor and apart from the drag queen factor, which are, of course, massive pluses for me... Even the cruise ship disco production cannot occlude what a proper tune this is. Just pure feel-good Eurovision queer sunshine. Uh, for me, this is a true Eurovision classic and a great song. I think I, I, I take all that and accept most of it. I do think it is visually more appealing and attractive than, than musically. Um, if I just had this as a track without 
seeing them or knowing what they look like, I'm not sure I'd completely get it. But once you see that sparkling trolley dolly outfit. Um, and there was something about the staging. It was like a deep, it was like a crimson colour, wasn't it? Mm. A burgundy, um, maroon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it really offset brilliantly against the stage. They really stood out. Now, every little hip movement and shoulder movement, suddenly with those clothes on, really took off. So, And, of course, you have to remember... Um, uh, this was from Slovenia. This wasn't one of the out countries of the early noughties here in 2002. Um, there were questions about this in the Slovenian parliament. There were petitions to try and get the song banned. And yet the, the people who produced it stood their ground. It was debated in the Slovenian parliament and the song stood the test of time. And, um, yeah, one of the more memorable Slovenian entries. It would probably do very well in a, in a Eurovision of today. Absolutely. Ahead of its time. Ahead of its time. Uh, Song number six on tonight's playlist, now it's one of Mark's, the word around town, is that you're quite partial to blowing on an Alpenhorn. Uh, What's all (laughs) that about? Um, We do get a bit... (laughs) We can get a bit po-faced from time to time on Eurobliss, and I have a reputation in particular for loving all of these rather melancholic... French language numbers. Uh, so from time to time, it's good to pluck out something completely at the other end of the spectrum, and that's what this one is about from 1977. Correct. It's a Swiss song, and it's called... Swiss Lady. Hit it. Hit the Swiss Lady. <laughs> Weiß nur ein Alphorn klingt 
Whenever you um, go through the annals of all the different Eurovision songs and you need to pick me up something to bring a smile to your face, I think Swiss Lady 1977 Switzerland really has to be very high on the list. Um, it, strange choice for me because, you know, in the 70s I would normally opt for all those beautiful French ballads, uh, many of which won for Luxembourg, Monaco and France. But here's a song for Switzerland, unusually in German, uh, not in French or English. Uh, and it, it's so camp, but in a very kind of playful way. I mean, the, the, the guy who actually filmed this for the 1977 contest began with a close-up of the base of the flugelhorn, this great musical instrument that uh, the band brought onto the stage. And Pepe Lienhardt, it was an amazing kind of uh, historical um, achievement that he had that he performed with people like Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. It's a real toe-tapper. Um, the piccolo uh, instrumental, which kind of... The little snippet which pops in three or four times during the song is an absolute delight. And so uh, for sheer contrast to uh, counter my image, perhaps as someone who's a little bit over-serious with the French ballad from time to time, Swiss Lady is an absolute uh, toe-tapping success. I think this is sort of trying to be funny and charming, but the charm and humour it uses is from a world that doesn't really exist anymore. Through today's lens, the humour seems like dated and a bit foreign, kind of like a demented alternate universe. Steve Coogan did a Eurovision parody uh, called Papa Bendy, and arguably this is more of a Eurovision parody than Papa Bendy. However, as a Eurovision fan, the kitsch of this track is starting to grow on me quite a bit, actually. <laughs> Maybe Eurobliss is finally driving me insane. Now then, we're off to plucky little Belgium. It's 1981, the year of the book's fizz, which, for those of you who don't know, is the name of a cocktail, one sip of which can make you sing uncontrollably off Key. Mm. Representing Belgium and finishing 12 places behind the aforesaid United Kingdom was rather luscious and leggy 23-year-old Emily Starr and her corkscrew perm. She was a Belgian disco superstar with massive feathers and legs up to and beyond her armpits. Now, she was a bit risque for the uh, conservative juries of the time. Of course, they'd rather you be buttoned up and fleshless. And her bouncy lament was about one of our favourite all-time biblical characters, the shredded and muscular superhuman Samson. Now, is that why you've chosen this song, dear one? <laughs> You. 
Samson Lament to one of our favourite biblical characters, the shredded and muscular superhuman Samson. Is that why you like this track? Oh, yeah, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Samson for men. <laughs> uh, it's another entry whose upbeat disco tempo belies its originality and quality. It's just such a great disco track. Uh, and the live presentation is appropriately flamboyant. The performers dressed in flowing white robes and the backing dancers wafting gigantic feathers and hand fans. I just love it. I have to say, um, this had almost been forgotten in my Eurovision memory, but now that I've heard it a couple of times, I am impressed about how modern it sounds. If you think it's 1981. But also <laughs> the Eurovision refusal to be polluted by anything going on around it. If you think we've just come through punk uh -huh. and two-tone and boomtown rats and and ian jury and the blockheads and all of that stuff the, and, the, the doolies yeah <laughs> no but i mean and eurovision just carries on being protected in its own kind of nope we're not going there There's, <laughs> you can either say that that's uh naff or you can say it's defiance or it's uh, an alternative demented conservative universe yeah yeah exactly mm -hmm. but um yeah this is this is a, a, a good choice one of your better ones one oh thank you uh, next up, we have a very beautiful song from France. Not only is it the oldest song on tonight's playlist, it's 54 years old, can you believe it? Uh, but it's also unique, and thus it's performed by a previous winner. And furthermore, it's featured on our February 2015 Europlist podcast entitled I've Won Once, so I'm going to do it again. It is, of course, Isabelle Albret and her song from 1968, La Source, The Spring. Let's play the song that Mark's going to tell you why he likes a French ballad. Elle chante au milieu du bois la source et je me demande s'il faut croire à cette légende d'une fille qu'on y trouva. Elle était blonde, elle était douce, elle aimait à se reposer dans le bois couché sur la mousse, écoutant les oiseaux chanter. Un jour qu'elle allait à la ville Par le bois où elle passait Elle vit soudain immobile Trois hommes qui la regardaient Trois hommes qui la regardaient Elle chante au milieu du bois la source Et je me demande s'il faut croire à cette légende D'une fille qu'on y trouva Là, trois à l'attendre, trois hommes loups, cette brebis. Elle avait la chair bien trop tendre, ils avaient bien trop d'appétit. Elle ne savait pas défendre le souffle léger de sa vie. Elle tomba sur l'herbe tendre comme un oiseau tombe du nid. Comme un oiseau tombe du nid, elle chante au milieu du bois la source. Et je me demande s'il faut croire à cette légende d'une fille qu'on y trouva. Quand on l'a soulevée de terre, comme une 
grandes fleurs coupées Sa robe blanche et la lumière On aurait dit une mariée Quand on l'a soulevée de terre On aurait dit comme un grand lys Entre les feuilles, entre les pierres Une claire source a jailli une claire source a jailli Elle chante au milieu du bois La source et je me demande S'il faut croire à cette légende D'une fille qu'on y trouva S'il faut croire à cette légende D'une fille qu'on y trouva Do you prefer this song than her winning song from 1962? Um, I do, because I think it's more revolutionary. I mean, the song, you know, it, it's a bit like one of those Hitchcock films. Whenever you see the merry-go-round and a child eating the candy floss, you think, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And this song sounds so... It sounds like she's like going through the woods with a picnic basket in her hand about to deliver some lovely um, cakes to her grandmother. And, you know, and the song, she gets attacked by wolves, but in fact, this is code for men. Three big, three, three big men, muscular, hunky blokes. Three men who wrestle her to the ground and ravage her. And, and what's and, she moaning about? I don't know. Well, but no, this is... I mean, to be serious, this is it's really... This is so ahead of its time. I mean, did they really know in 1968 when they listened to the song what the hell was going on within it? Because it's so... The, the gap between its sunniness and its darkness couldn't be overstated. No, it's... Uh, and it's actually, I think, musically delightful. And she sings it with great charm. I love it. So I, I think it's a very competent piece of music. It is very lovely and pleasant. She has a wonderful voice that really complements the song. And it feels very traditional, very expected. Uh, before knowing what the lyrics were about, I was about to say I would have liked a bit more daring in the composition to liven things up a bit and keep the interest. But I guess that is the point. Like, it's not supposed to be daring. It is supposed to lull you into a false sense of comfort and pleasantness. And then the, the contraposition of the lyrics is what gives it the edge and what is like the shockiness of it. Uh, so, no, I still I, th I think it's a great song. actually. It's like having the tune of Frere Jacques be about atrocities in the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And you can you imagine the collision <laughs> and the clash of that. That's what this song is about. Yeah, I was going to say something like that, and I completely forgot what it was. <laughs> well, I completely silenced you by the sheer depth and poignancy of that. Oh, that yeah, point. yeah. Written by Guy Bonnet, who wrote the French song in 1983, which was called Vivre, to live. So he's got a thing going on there, hasn't he? <clears throat> Balancing out the gloom of our last choice, the next one is called Long Live Life, one of Juan's favourites and mine from the 1980s. Isn't it weird that he can pick all these fantastic songs from the 80s, yet you are absolutely <laughs> clueless? Yeah, well, the thing is, Juan doesn't know any of the music for any of the years, so we just get stuck in... Basically, is it 1981 again, or is it 84? No, 85! <laughs> oh, my mates have changed. So we're talking big backcomb hair and aerodynamic shoulder pads, and that's just Juan. 
<laughs> I wish I had enough hair to do that. <laughs> I'm sure you boys just pick songs with unpronounceable titles just to annoy me. This is Elaguan Elama by Sonia Luma. Finland's ninth best out of 55 attempts at the time. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so for me, the greatest Schlager song of all time. I don't understand a word of it, but it feels like there's a monu- monumental story being told. As soon as it comes on, I automatically do an 80s cleansed fist. Uh, I'm not going to say what happens after that. Sorry. No, please don't. <laughs> uh, huge amounts of dramatic tension, an absolutely epic chorus sprinkled with a hefty dose of Finnish cheese. Uh, kitsch, epic, fun, and also just a great track. In short, it is the very essence of Eurovision. But second on stage, you see, the curse, the curse. The curse. It's when you hear songs like that, then you realize with the fading annals of time how weak 
a song like La Dead Sfinger of Bobby Sox really is. Or Why Do I Always Get It Wrong by Live Report. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, there's only one thing worse than <clears throat> being talked about, and that's not being talked about. <laughs> but um, that's the, the, it's, a, it's an incredibly strong chorus, isn't it? Uh, the, the verse leaves me feeling a bit, mm, yeah, it's all right, this, but as soon as that chorus kicks in, <laughs> it really is unforgettable. It's, um, yeah, it's, a, great, it's a great song. Uh, nice of Mark to choose something rousing for a change. Did you pop a satin before you chose this next one? <laughs> it's a 1998, and uh, we're going to Portugal, and it's sung by Alma Lusa, who were a band especially formed for Eurovision, and they did one song and disbanded after the contest. Uh, sorry, I'm still belching here, that wasn't a pause. Uh, play the song and then tell us why you like it. That we love a bagpipe, don't we? You know, Portugal don't compromise. They, they, <laughs> they. It's like, yeah, the world's changing. You want all this techno disco stuff? No, we're doing bagpipes, <laughs> uh, and uh, we're going to dress up in our national costume, and we're going to give you La Vida Portuguesa. And they, they um, bring a smile to your face with the song. There's no other way of describing it. It is so. Utterly upbeat and musical fun. This is the only contest I've ever been to, 1998. And uh, 
Get was, that in there, get that one in. Yeah, <laughs> but when you're sitting there four rows from the front and these people turn up there, and yes, we've got all the distractions, Dana International and all the closed voting at the end, and this song ended about 12th, uh, halfway down the division, but actually this stands the test of time. It's, it's a really... It's a really, really fine, fine song. I'm really glad it's on the list. I'm sorry you think that my songs are a bit over-serious sometimes, but, you know, I mean, I did give you Swiss Lady. You certainly did. (laughs) Is there a pill for that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so if the verses were a bit stronger, I might pick this for my Desert Island discs as well. The verses feel a bit formulaic, though, and I find myself impatiently waiting for the absolutely wonderful chorus. Uh, it is quite sweet and cheesy, but because it's so has a, such a strong Portuguese identity, uh, it just totally gets away with it. It is a very sweet and nostalgic Eurovision gem, and I love it. And I love it too, so well done, Mark. Uh, the next one is from a country that keeps changing its name, but for now we're going to call it North Macedonia. They've entered 21 times since 1996, and they failed to qualify to the final 13 of those 21 times, which is actually, of course, very poor. The singer chosen tonight is Calliope, one of the country's top pop stars, and she's tried to sing for her country three times, failing to qualify twice in 96 and 2016, but successfully getting to the final in 2012 with a song that she wrote herself called Black and White. And here it is. Nesam gubitnik ti znaj, ne se predavam do kraj. Nema radjanje, bez padjanje, otvori duša, priznaj mi, što sme sega ja si i ti, pola moje vo tebe, a pola tvoje spije vo mene. Ajde sega gušni me, do nebo digni me, crno i belo se. Edna vistina i edna laga, iako zajedno sme. Ja zbiram sreća, ti biraš talga, crno i belo se. Dobro i lošo ništo ne gideli, daj sega nasmevni se. Denot ne vodi, volnok i beli V oči sega gledaj me Tamo ti kje najdeš se Hajde predaj se do kraj Za novo radjanje so mene Ham, Otvori duša, priznaj mi Što sve sega ja si ti Pola moje od tebe a pola tvoje spije vo mene Hajde sega gušli me Do nebo digni me Zrno i belo
It has to be her voice, surely. I mean, because for me, this song has only grown with time. Uh, Calope is actually quite an unusual performer in that she is a strong older woman, a maternal power figure with beauty and edge. Uh, her voice can be both raspy and hard and soft and resonant, but always with a depth that comes with experience and age. Uh, in society, and especially for women, becoming older is almost regarded as a sin. But with Calliope, I feel like that sin comes with a lot of strength to it. And the way this woman moves from a Balkan ballad into rock pop is absolutely outstanding. Her voice not only suits both genres, but she masters them and she elevates what is an already good song into the stratosphere. I don't use the word diva or queen very often, but I am now, because that is just what she is. This is not only good, this is fantastic. That hybrid thing is the strength of the song in its originality, I think. Uh, the fact that it is neither one or the other, but both fused together so effortlessly. And actually, if you compare this to Proud for 2019, which is, I think, North Macedonia's highest achieving entry, that actually looks really quite staid and conventional in comparison to something like this, which is much more edgy and daring. So um, this, I think, will take a lot of beating in North Macedonia's future choices of songs, if anything's going to do better than this. Do you want it to come back for a fourth time, do you reckon? Well, why not? I mean, you know, um, there are some people who've uh, entered Eurovision many, many times, as we know. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, she could, they could do worse. <laughs> We're on to the last song of this playlist, and it's one of Mark's. And I remember, <clears throat> in your Desert Island Disc show from years back, eight of your 15... I need to cough. Eight of my 15 choices were winning songs. Were winning songs. It'd only be polite to have at least one winner in your list this evening. So we're going to go to the Netherlands and let's see how badly we can sing along to this one. It's, of course, Arcade. A broken heart is all that's left I'm still fixing all the cracks Lost a couple of pieces when I carried it, carried it, carried it home I'm afraid of all I am My mind feels like a foreign land Silence ringing inside my head Please carry me, carry me, carry me home I've spent all of the love I said
one of those songs, every time you listen to it, you get all goosey. But you like this because Duncan Swin naked in the video. Is that right? <laughs> that was a very controversial release of that video. But actually, I, uh, you know, as a gay man, um, I look at Duncan. He doesn't do anything for me uh, as a man. Uh, but as an artist, he definitely does a lot for me because I love this song. And I'll tell you the reason why I love this song. First of all, because as soon as I heard it, I put lots of money on it <laughs> at 14 to 1. And he made me a very, very handsome uh, How profit. much? Go on, say it. Uh, it was about £2,500. Wow. Uh, in 2019. Can I touch you? <laughs> you can, as long as you leave my wallet in my pocket. Yeah, so Duncan doesn't do anything for you as a man, but he but does something you know, for your wallet. The other yeah. thing is... <laughs> In the eternal quest to be different and original in Eurovision, where you have the same themes about love and peace and all the rest of it turning up, this image of a young, vulnerable man with his pennies in the slot taking a gamble on love and things not working out, actually, and the song's called Arcade, in, in that three minutes, there's a little picture postcard there of a story going on, which I think is very, very powerful. I think it's one of the great charms of the song, and um, you're right to berate me for eight winners in my Eurovision 2015 list, and many of them wouldn't be in my choice now, but this will always be in my collection. I love that you've matured. <laughs> well, you know, we live and learn, Andy. <laughs> you will one day. <laughs> <laughs> now, I really like this song. Uh, you were very rude about it when it came out. Okay, okay, I really like the song, but it's how well he sings it live that makes the difference for me. I am not sure it has grown on me with time as much, but its qualities have certainly not faded. Uh, it is still a haunting ballad, beautifully sung. Well, he is, of course, the longest reigning winner of the contest, clinging onto his crown for two consecutive years due to the pandemic. And Arcade itself has become one of the most successful Eurovision songs streamed online of all time. It charted all over Europe and it even hit the US Billboard chart at number 30. How about that, hey? And yet, ironically, uh, in the modern voting system, it's the only song that's ever won with fewer than 500 points. It is not, wasn't a convincing winner and it only beat Soldi by about 30 points. So it wasn't a runaway winner by any means. No, it didn't win the jury or the public vote. It came second, I think, right? And that's your division. And that's the end of this part one of part two of the two-part thingy, innit? Yeah. And, and now what we're going to do, we're going to... Is it? Is we're, it? We're Press go- the delete button and do it all over again. <laughs> no, we're going to hover over Juan as he presses the save button. Save, export, keep. Oh, thank you for listening. It's been joyous listening to all those songs all over again. And especially live report. Especially live report. And hopefully we won't have to do it all over again. So uh, hit it, boys. Hit what? I didn't know, just hit something. Oh, the Swiss oh. lady, fine. Okay. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Tati, bye. Bye. Bye.